You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind. With the emergence of a global internet, a human population of several billions, an electronic newsphere that we are now within the shadow of this transcendental object at the end of time. I find it a little difficult to say what the subject matter is going to be, because magic is an enemy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Midnight Variety Hour. It's the first time I've said that in about two months, so it's very good to be here, and it's very weird to be on the other side of a Zoom call for once. I'm here, as always, with my lovely co-host. Yo, boy, Adam. That's right. And we're doing our first episode in two months. Life has finally cooled down enough, at least for the most part, as cool as it can be. Uh, We really wanted to do an episode. It's been a while. The last time we did an episode, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, it was like the week before Christmas Eve. Because I know Christmas Eve yep. was a Friday. Yeah, it sounds and right. I was like, I was like, ah, oh, next week is Christmas, so we probably won't do one. And then I was like, well, fuck, the week after that is New Year's Eve. We probably won't do one. And then the week after that, I was moving to Seattle, which is where I am now and why I'm on Zoom. So yeah, that sounds right I now to me. live on the other side of the country. Yeah, man, it's been it's been a crazy journey. You're, you're out there in the Northwest living like a true wild man with your with your dog lady bird and <laughs> and your girl clarissa y'all but y'all, y'all having fun though man you, you've been sending me pictures keeping me up to date letting me know what's yeah. going on and so yeah we've taken a break from the podcast you know letting you settle in and getting comfortable out there and you know we talked about when we want to pick it back up and so now we, we kind of talked about do we want to make this season two or how we yeah. want to continue it but i guess we can call it season two since we took a long break but i don't think we'll label it that way so we're just going to keep it rolling and yeah, and keep getting some cool guests we're going to figure out how to how to make the zoom thing work with guests and stuff but hopefully sure. we can keep it interesting and have fun with it still for sure and you know yeah I, I really don't think it's too important to like label it season two or anything like that because i mean ultimately you know we're just talking and, and life happened and got in the way for a little while but i don't know it feels really good and cathartic to do this like it's really nice to be able to come back to the podcast and and catch up and i i really don't know too much about what you've been doing for the last two months so it'll be good to to catch up on that a little bit um i don't know today's been i'm glad we're doing the podcast today because today is like the first day i've strived to kind of live a little differently i realized recently that i've been in this really bad habit of i'll wake up and i'll lay in bed and just like scroll on my phone for sometimes an hour i can just scroll through instagram or i can just like watch espn youtube videos all while i'm just laying in bed for for a really long time and so today when my alarm went off i immediately got up out of bed i came into the living room i stretched i meditated for a little while it was the first time i've meditated since i meditated like with ann back in houston (laughs) wow yeah so i did 10 minutes probably on the on the on the episode was it the episode we did with her yeah, probably, probably was yeah, right. I I didn't. I don't think I went down there and did one at her office yeah. since then. So yeah, yeah, that was the last wow. time. Wow. So I did ten minutes, and it felt really nice. Uh, I'd done like thirty minutes before, 
And that's what I started with was 30 minutes. I don't know if that was right or not, because 30 minutes definitely felt like a really long time when I was doing it back then. Yeah. I mean, it it is. Yeah. 30 minutes is still a long time for even, even the, even the, uh, avid meditator. So, yeah. So 10 minutes felt good and I stretched and I made myself like a big thing of tea. I didn't even eat breakfast. Normally I eat like you know, cereal or maybe a more heavy breakfast like eggs or something. I just straight up did no breakfast and a cup of tea. And then I just started work for the day and stretched, you know, throughout the day, tried to move around. I had all the windows open in here. It was really bright. We get a lot of sunlight in here, which is really nice. Walked Ladybird and took a little extra time to just walk around. So do you think being outside? Do you think be living there or would you say maybe living in that specific area? and or just the move in general, being in a new place, new environment has influenced you at all already? Like, have you noticed anything different? Yeah. Yeah. um, I feel closer to nature living here, which like, it feels weird saying that because I'm in a major city, like I'm in Seattle. But when you go outside and the air just smells really clean and you're like looking at a mountain as you're driving to work and stuff like that, I don't know, you just feel a little closer to nature. So on the weekends, I've been a lot better about, uh, we've been going to parks or doing hikes or, you know, finding new things to explore. Whereas back home, if I had downtime on the weekend, I would probably go out drinking with friends or I'd sit in the house and play video games or whatever. So I feel like moving and just adjusting where I live has made me a lot more explorative, a lot more, you know, inquisitive about the environment around me, which has been really cool. I've Found a lot of great parks. I've done some cool hikes. Um, Definitely more excited to be outside. Not that I wasn't in Houston, but Houston obviously like isn't super aesthetically beautiful or anything. So I'm like really excited about just being outside and spending more time outside. Yeah. Ladybird's decided she wants to play right now. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Yeah, I I only asked because I know from experience and through other people's you know, hearing, hearing, hearing them talk about their move or being in a place that's that's more filled with green or mountains or ocean or whatever that is and just how that influences mm. you um, because it, it can be pretty dramatic for a lot of people, especially if you've never experienced anything like that before. Um, so, yeah, and then I also want to talk about you mentioned you had you were you were waking up and immediately getting on your phone and scrolling through whatever social media apps and stuff yeah. like that. And and uh, I think more people would be surprised to hear, or I think people would be surprised to hear that that's more common than what you think because um, it's just so easy to do, man. It's the first it's thing. So and most easy. people's alarm clock is their phone, right? So you pick up yes. your phone, the alarm clock, you turn it off, and then boom, now you have at your fingertips whatever you want to do and right. before you even get up out of bed, which, I mean, for me, I, I've never had that problem, but I can totally see where i can totally see how it's it can be so addictive and so easy to do um only because like normally when i get up the first thing i do is like go brush my teeth or something so i i usually once i wake up i'm usually out of bed immediately so i'm not really on my phone at at first but i can Mm -hmm. see how that can be so addictive and and really like i I can see how it's not a great start to your day you know it's it's really not man because first of all all those apps are designed to be super addictive they're designed to make you want to scroll for a really long time. They're designed to make you want to take in as much of that content. And then a lot of the content and stuff you're seeing kind of puts you in like a negative headspace. 
Like you're seeing dudes that are fucking jacked and ripped and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't look like that guy. Or you're seeing people that are rich and driving cars that are nicer than you. And then you're like, fuck, I'll never have a car like that or whatever. And then you kind of just get into this, like you just start your day in this headspace where you already feel like the world has like a leg up on you. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, that trying to get out of that. Yeah, that's a that's a big part of it. And I also think another side of that, too, is just the act of what you're doing, just simply scrolling on a screen, like looking at a screen and scrolling on a screen. And then like, I feel like one, you, you haven't had any time to like be with yourself after waking up because um, like, I feel like for me in the mornings, it's such a, a moment of like, I don't know, contemplation or time for like quiet. Like usually the mornings are more quiet for me. I feel like it's just a right. time just to be quiet, be with yourself do your daily routine or whatever that is and then kind of get get in the groove of waking your body up waking your mind up and so the first thing doing like whenever you are scrolling on your 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 phone like you're immediately activating like your dopamine receptors like you know you're getting that hit of like that of instant gratification without having to work right like so you're not having to do mm -hmm. anything but scroll it's like there's a lot of things that that I feel like that can really have a negative impact on you. And and I, I and you texted me, you you were texting, I guess, in the group chat or, or something. We have a little group chat with our friends and you were talking about how you, how you were you were doing that. And uh and the first thing I, I I was thinking about was that's great awareness just to be able to like because I feel like so many people don't do that or even think about mm. their habits or what they're doing. They <clears> kind of <throat> just mindlessly do it, which right. that's 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 the human condition, right? It's it's, it's we're we're designed to be habitual. We're designed to have habits and that's kind of just in our DNA. And so, you know, it's, it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just kind of who we are. But, um, so like just for you to be able to be aware of that and to notice like, okay, look, that that's, I don't feel good when I'm doing it. Let me switch it up. So I'm really, really happy to hear that, that you kind of implementing some new changes and some for new, sure. some new stuff. Like, I think that's great to do the, uh, to do like kind of the intermittent fasting to wait to eat breakfast because I think that's another real benefit. I've been practicing that for a long time. I don't, I don't usually eat till noon, and I just notice I have much higher energy levels. I feel like I'm a little bit more productive in the mornings. Like I can mm -hmm. I can do a little bit more, um, and uh, so yeah, man, it's just really good to hear that you're doing that, man. And it's weird because I've noticed, you know, normally I wake up and I'm like relatively hungry in the morning, mm -hmm. but if you can just go like one hour without eating. I feel like that hunger just dips out really quick. Like I wake up and I'm hungry. Oh yeah. Like, so let's say I wake up at eight and I'm hungry. If I make it to nine without eating anything, I'm like, yeah, I'll just wait till lunch. I'm good. You know? Right. Right. So whereas normally I would wake up, walk the dog and then immediately start cooking something or like making a bowl of cereal or whatever. So anyway, so that's good. And then Clarissa actually, Ladybird is bringing me every toy <laughs> under the sun right now. If you can hear like crinkling or whatever, that's her. Yeah. Um, Clarissa realized that, you know, we were also being on our phones a lot when we were home in the evening. Like we had both finished our work day and like, we were on our phones and stuff a lot. So another thing we're going to start doing is what we're going to try to start doing is just leaving our phones in the bedroom at night. So like we'll be in the living room doing whatever we're doing and then for the duration of the evening until we go in there to go to sleep, our phones are just going to like live in the bedroom unless we get a call or we realize we need to text somebody. So that's something. I mean, I know I've like talked about <laughs> this dog is crazy. I know we've talked about like, Oh, getting a dumb phone and stuff like that. But I really feel like if you're just smart about it, you can, if you can implement self-control 
you can still have all the benefits of a smartphone, but not let it control you, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. I'm working on it, man. I'm going to try and uh, spend a lot of time outside this weekend. And um, I feel like it's going to help me adjust to being in this new area. Like I really feel like spending some time with myself and spending some time with this new environment I live in will be really good for me. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think, I think what's been going on. Yeah. I think being in that community, I feel like you're going to meet some cool people whenever you start to, to get out there and meet people who have been living that kind of lifestyle, uh, is really going to help be a huge influence, you know? Um, yeah. So that's awesome, dude. And, uh, so, for for me what's what's been going on with me is like i've been uh just kind of doing like just building these routines and habits for myself as well just uh you know since you've been gone it's been quiet here in the office uh you know we used to if, know. for people who don't know we worked literally in the same room right next to each other and uh so now it's just been me i've just been in here chilling <laughs> like doing my work i'm a little more productive we don't have you know conversations i don't have anyone to really talk yeah. to but you know, so it's been cool, but um, it's definitely made me more productive at work, and I've just been having a lot of time to to either go outside. I just played volleyball for the first time, and like since since the since COVID since COVID happened, um, I, I I was playing volleyball for a while uh, right before COVID, like the year right before COVID. Um, at least once a week, I found this group of people. I would play at this local park, and uh, I was going, and I was getting pretty good. They were teaching me all the time. Every time I went, I was learning something new. And I was having so much fun. It was just outside sand, sand volleyball. And Houston is almost like the perfect place to do that because almost all year round it's good weather unless it gets too cold, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, um, so I, I, I just did that recently. I was at the park and I just asked these group of guys, hey, can I come play volleyball with you guys? And they're like, yeah, come on, jump on in. And uh, and I did that. And, dude, I just loved it. I had so much fun nice. doing that. Um, so hopefully I, I joined a little group chat with them. Hopefully I can play a little bit more and um you know still playing basketball doing my yoga i've been really going hard trying to get this handstand down i've been uh trying to do like some type of uh handstand practice almost every day um yeah. at least 10 15 minutes of some type of handstand i've really been trying to work hard at that and and just getting stronger in my in my fitness and uh so i've been doing a lot of that listening to a whole bunch of podcasts learning all the time um so i i feel like i have a whole bunch of content like ready to share and talk about um so for whenever we decide what what episodes we're going to do next um we can definitely definitely uh dive into some really cool topics i've been i've been learning and reading about so um other than that i would love to do an episode on just like exercise and the body and training and stuff like that i'm trying to think who'd be a a good guest sosa would probably be really good because i i know he's Dude, his handstand game is is pretty crazy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's definitely a, a niche side of of <laughs> you know exercising and wellness because it's yeah. such a small part of like I guess the population. But you know the I do find that in that in that community of people who exercise and really start to start to like I guess like explore more into the unique sides. Uh, you know, other than just lifting weights and going in the gym and just you know repping out some bench press and some squats like you know that's very like it's good for you for sure but that's like intermediate level kind of like i mean it's a beginner to intermediate level of like the fitness i guess experience you know what i mean like once you start like diving into it and you start finding all these people especially social media has like made this huge like there's this one guy knees over toes uh which is named ben something ben patrick rogan right yeah ben patrick he he's like revolutionizing how people look at 
exercise as well. And like, because so many, his whole thing is knees over toes guy, right? So his whole thing is actually moving your knees past your toes whenever you're doing, say, a, a lunge squat or, um, or certain movements. He's like, actively push your knees over your toes. And that'll, that'll, in his theory is that'll strengthen your knees versus, versus the whole, um, I guess, negative side of that was like even in school when I was in school and I was growing up they all said never put your knees past your toes you can have injury you could hurt yourself or whatever and so I was like that's just how I've always trained and then I started uh, following him and I was like this guy is completely breaking that narrative and so there's there's guys like that there's guys like Ido Portal there's other people who are really just like pushing the boundaries of what it means to be fit or athletic or what exercises or or practices or techniques or whatever and so it's like like and handstand is just one of those, right? But that's usually under like the yoga kind of exercise. People mm-hmm. who do yoga, that's usually what. Like whenever you get to like the advanced level, people start doing. Okay, I've done all the other poses and things. Now what's what's next, right? Okay, let me start doing handstands. But that's bled over into other um, other forms of exercise and athletics. Now people who have nothing to do with yoga are practicing handstands, right? And so, and then you see that throughout. So now you see like all of these places like as before you would go to uh like certain gyms that would do um like they only focus on like you know doing like hit classes like doing treadmill and then like like um like alternating treadmill and then working out treadmill working out doing stuff like that or you have people doing like so many different things now but now they're all being inclusive and like adding in all these different things right and so it's really cool to see like this evolution going on in the fitness world where people are just implementing all these different styles and practices and yeah um, it's really cool to see. So, so yeah, man, it's it's some exciting stuff going on in there in that world. I bet there's a lot of cool places to do like little yoga classes here too. Oh, I bet. There's also, man, dude. There's a lot of climbing gyms here too, like a lot of indoor climbing. Um, so, I feel like the doors open for like a lot of fitness type stuff up here. I mean, even if you're not going to a place to work out with people, they're like literally just the fitness benefits of hiking or going on you know some long form of like movement outside super nice so i'm, I'm gonna try and find something like that because I, I noticed you i just feel so much better after i go outside and do a hike oh, or sure. like literally just stretching this morning i felt a lot better so i would love to do an episode where we just do a deep dive on on all the benefits yeah of all the different aspects of, yeah. of fitness and stuff like that a cool thing with uh with those climbing gyms um i think it's called bouldering is a technical mm-hmm. term for it, I guess. Uh, uh, is whenever bouldering, bouldering, bouldering is climbing without ropes, right? So it's like those. Mm. It's I guess it's just being. It's like a ten foot wall that you're just kind of going up and down. You can just hop down whenever you're done, or climb down when you're done. But um, it's really fun. They have one here in Houston called Momentum Gym. But what's yeah, really cool momentum. about the climbing is, especially for people who are in yoga, like there's not a lot of pulling, like pulling action, so like pull ups and things like that, like just the action of pulling. There's not a lot of that in yoga. I mean, there's not much pulling you can do on a mat, right? So it's like uh, bouldering or climbing is a perfect way to balance that out. So you see a lot yeah. of people who practice yoga eventually go over into that climbing world and uh, just to get that pulling action. And, and and it's also a creative way, so, right? It's like there's there's not really one way to climb a certain route, right? So it's like mm. you can really be creative with it. It does get your mind working and, and, and activate that part of your mind of like creativity and like, all right, let me figure out what's the best way to do this. How do I put my foot here? How do I put my my hand here? Right. And and figure out what's the most efficient way to climb up this 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 uh, route. So, 
Um, yeah, I love bouldering. I've been uh, quite a few times, but, um, dude, you see people in there who literally are like monkeys, bro. These people are, go hard in, yeah. in bouldering, man. It's, it's wild to watch. That's a whole other sport in itself. And I'm happy to see it's in the Olympics, too. It's really cool to watch. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I think a lot of people, like guys in particular, you know, might not think that that's like a legitimate form of working out. Like a lot of people are like, oh, right. if you're not lifting heavy or if you're not lifting in general, oh, you're not really working out. But I mean, like as a beginner, man, I did a yoga workout not too long ago. It's like an hour long yoga thing. And my ass was beat after that. And so like that and climbing, right? like, dude, those are actually really good forms of working out. But there's this narrative around like if it's not weights or if you're not doing something in a gym, yeah. then it's yeah. like a soft way of working out or it's yeah. not a legitimate way of working out. <laughs> yeah, and that's man. bullshit. You got to squash that because like until you actually try it, dude, you don't realize how much that shit will kick your ass. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And that, that's again, that's what I was talking about, like these narratives or these, you know, these things we, these, these things we put in our minds about what these exercises are, what they do to your body. It's like all of it has been, you know, kind of conditioned into us to think a certain way about something. And, uh, right. and once you experience it for yourself and you start to go in there, you, you, you realize like, Oh, that's all kind of bullshit. And, uh, and, and it's really all about how do you want to build your body? Right. So it's like, you know, yoga is not for everybody. Rock climbing is not for everybody. Lifting weights not for everybody, so it's like you got to find out what you want in your body, and then kind of explore and figure out what's best for you. There's not one one way for everybody, right? Not one sure. one size fits all. So, um, and I, I mentioned the Olympics, and we we were talking uh, about you had mentioned something about the uh, Olympics being in China, and I thought that was really interesting to talk about because it's one of those things that hasn't been talked about, which I love. I love talking about anything that's like kind of uh, not in the mainstream. Uh, yeah. because I, because I find it's really interesting certain topics are talked about others aren't mm-hmm. for whatever reason right so one of those being the olympics being in china this year and we were we were talking a little bit about well what's wrong with that and then so it's like okay well what's wrong with china what's what's going on with the world politics right and so right. it's really interesting to think about so so what are your thoughts on that have you been watching the olympics at all like have you uh, have you been I've, watching any of the coverage? I've only watched uh, some of the some of the ice skating or um, figure mm. skating. Uh, mm. I, I think I watched a little bit of that, but not not <clears> much <throat> else. So I, I'm a pretty big Olympics fan. Summer and winter, usually whenever it's on, I watch it pretty heavily. Yeah. Just because one, it's cool to see light being shined on these like sort of niche sports, these sports you would never. Like, all right, in the summer, there's, like, <laughs> basketball and shit like that. And everybody watches basketball. And baseball is an Olympic sport. Again, people, everyone watches baseball. But, you know, like, when else are you going to get to watch extensive coverage on pole vaulting? Or, like, in the winter, luge or curling. You know, like, yeah. these are these cool sports that people train years and years and years for mm-hmm. that never get any attention. So when it's, like, Olympics time, I'm super stoked to see these athletes that have trained their whole life at some sport I, I know nothing about and I get to just watch. Yeah, and I didn't realize that most of those athletes, they're not getting paid to do that. That's they're they're no. training with all of their yeah. own money, all like dedicating yeah. all of their time. Like they're most of them are poor in debt trying to figure out right. how to do it, but they're just following their passion. And I didn't know right. that and that just blew my mind that that just well, gave me so much more respect for those athletes. Yeah. I mean a lot of it I think this was an official rule. I'm not sure. I forgot where I heard this, but I think you used to only be able to compete in the Olympics if you were an amateur. Like, right, uh, right. yeah. You, this whole thing where like LeBron James is just in the Olympics playing against like people from Uganda, like that, 
it's that's only in like certain sports like yeah. basketball and, and hockey right now our hockey team is playing and we've got people that are in the nhl just competing and so it's fine they're all millionaires right but the people that are doing luge they're just like probably math teachers on the side that also go to their local luge gym and train all the time you know so i mean or so describe luge what luge is luge is where uh, it basically looks like if you were a human traversing down a Hot Wheels track made out of ice. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you, <laughs> it looks you put yourself on a little tiny sled yeah. and you rocket through this little fucking ice crevice and they build this track and you try and have the best time. It's basically the same as bobsledding, except it's just one guy yes, on your own little cart. It's bobsled for right? one person. Right. Yes. Right. Then there's bobsled, which is where a team gets into a sled and goes through there. Yeah. But now they have an event called Mono Bob, which is one person in a team style bob, like what you imagine people getting into a bobsled, mm. that bobsled, but with one person in it. Oh, wow. That's called Mono Bob. <laughs> um, so, anyway, I digress. I'm just saying I love watching the Olympics because yeah. there's all these tiny sports yeah, and you get to awesome. watch them. And you're seeing people at the tip top level. Like I was watching snowboarding and it was breathtaking i mean these dudes first of all the walls of the half pipe are 22 feet high right so they were they were getting 25 feet of air out of the top of the pipe so these guys were going like 45 feet in the air like four and a half stories into the sky on just a snowboard doing like all kinds of 1080 rotations and triple backflips and shit it was amazing but anyway so i love watching the olympics this particular olympics I have felt a little weird about watching. I've been watching a lot, not not the past few days, but for like the first week of the Olympics, I was watching it every single night. Mm-hmm. I was watching the, the primetime coverage, but I felt a little weird watching it, especially when I tuned in the very first day. I woke up at 3 a.m. Seattle time to watch the opening ceremony. I almost always will watch the opening ceremony. No matter where it is, I'll wake up in time to see it. So it was 3 a.m. here. It was like evening time in China and I'm watching it. It was really weird. Um, one, because there wasn't a whole lot of people in the, in the stadium. It was the same way at the Japanese Olympics last year because mm-hmm. of COVID obviously. Right. But like there were shots where they would cut to Putin and there were shots when they would cut to the Chinese leader, Xi Jinping. And there was this really weird political overtone over the show because there's a lot of tensions right now, both with things that are going on in China right. and things that are happening with Russia. Sorry, my dog is right. kind of crazy. Um, and China and Russia are huge allies with each other. So a lot of the coverage was centered around like, oh, what can we take from you know what we're seeing from Russia here? And what can we, oh, look at the angle the Chinese president is sitting at it. Let's find out if he's stressed <laughs> or not, all this shit. And... Um, a lot is happening in China right now yeah. um, with the Uyghur population of Muslims, um, a lot of things that are happening with them in the South China Sea area with their battle to, you know, stake their claim over Taiwan or Chinese Taipei, as they try to call it, right. stuff like that. So one of the things that's happening in China is the persecution of this ethnic group known as the Uyghurs. Right. Um who are, I guess, ethnically Chinese. I don't know what the best way to describe them is, but they are a group of Muslims native to the Chinese area, right. I believe. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Anyway, um, they're currently being heavily prosecuted, and the world knows what right. China is doing over there. Yeah. 
China decided is it like a huge fucking slap in the face to the rest of the world. You know, because China denies anytime China is accused of any sort of crime against humanity or whatever, mm-hmm. they vehemently deny it or they're very vague with details when they're mm-hmm. pressed for details. Um, so they did this little ceremony that was supposed to celebrate all the different diverse groups in China. And so they're all like passing this Chinese flag down this long line of people. And mm-hmm. there's people dressed in cultural wear from all the different uh, groups in China. Mm-hmm. There's no Uyghur representation mm-hmm. until they get to the end. And the climax of an Olympic opening ceremony is the torch lighting ceremony. Right. It's usually the most important, most impactful moment of the ceremony. Right. Uh, in the past, former athletes have done it or, you know, people that have overcome something great, like Muhammad Ali with Parkinson's lit the torch a number of years ago. Last time in Japan for the Summer Olympics, it was Naomi Osaka, who at the time was world ranked tennis number one, obvious, or uh, arguably Japan's most notable athlete uh, right now. But anyway, they had two people light the torch in China. I'm not sure if they were both Uyghurs, or just one of them was. I know for sure it was a male and a female. I know for a fact the male was. I can't remember if the female was, but it was like the whole world's watching China. The whole world knows what they're doing to this group of people. Right. They don't include them in the like Chinese celebration of diversity part of the ceremony. And then they get to the torch lighting ceremony and they have someone of Uyghur descent light the torch. Right. And it just seemed like a like a fucking Oh, what do you mean we're racist towards these people? Here, we have one lighting the torch. See, he's right here for you all to see. Ha! Huh? And you know, it was, it, it just felt very weird. And I've felt really weird watching these Olympics in China, knowing what's going on. And the the host of the Olympics, they're picked far in advance. Like I think sure. we already know who's going to be hosting the Olympics all the way till like twenty thirty four. I think right. we know. Right. I think you always know three Olympics in advance. In advance, you always know like twelve years in advance. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really know how long ago China was picked for this. China also hosted two thousand eight. So I imagine while they were hosting in two thousand eight, they were probably also being selected to host this one in twenty twenty two. So I don't know if tensions were calmer back when they were selected, but. It feels weird that the world would allow a place like China to benefit from having the Olympics. Having the Olympics in your country is not only kind of like an honor bestowed on a country, but also it brings in a wild amount of money. Oh, yeah. Billions. Like it brings in an insane quantity of money to your country. And allowing China to reap the benefits and the honor of having the Olympics in their country, despite what they're doing to their own people and allowing to happen in other regions of the world seems really off to me. Um, well, and having them, they, they've so they've had the Olympics now. So out of the past, what, three years or three times they've done the Olympics, China, it's been there twice. Is that correct? So 2008. 2012. Uh, well, 2008 was summer. So 16, there's summer oh, okay. and winter. Right, right. So let's see. So it's so, been there twice in the past, what, four Olympics? Years. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So 14 years, but split between two. Yeah. So, yeah. Twice in like the last three cycles of the Olympics. Right. Um, which, I mean, I guess is not 
super out of the well, i mean i don't know it just feels, out of the whole world man like or at least the yeah. world's included in or the countries and i don't know if they, if they do it by region or right. what but asia in particular has had a lot of olympic attention so 2008 um the olympics the summer olympics were in beijing then in 2014 was it 20 yeah 2014 the winter olympics were in sochi russia mm -hmm. which is on the far eastern side of russia mm -hmm. like the asian side of russia then 2018 the winter olympics were in pyeongchang south korea mm. then in 2021 which should have been 2020 uh they were in tokyo and then now they're in beijing again right so like four olympics in really in a really right. close bracket of years have all been in that portion of the world right. so i don't know if they're just put there based on region i don't think that's what it is because the next winter olympics are in italy and then the next one after that is in vancouver canada right um so i i don't know if it's just some weird coincidence or if there's something underlying there but you know china is a nation with a lot of power a lot of pull a lot of influence and for the most part they're able to make the world kind of uh how do i want to phrase this i don't want to say like bow to their demands but they china has a lot of pull on the world stage yeah and a lot of countries will acquiesce to what china wants purely because of the power that china holds yeah and, and you and we've seen that very recently mm -hmm. with what happened with the nba uh with what happened with what john cena um and a few yeah. other things where where i mean these um top gun yeah, Top Gun. The, the very first the, trailer. In Hollywood, yeah, yeah. That Top Gun released. Maverick's jacket has, it's like commemorating some operation or I think I've talked about this before. Yeah, anyway, yeah. the flag of Taiwan, the independent nation of Taiwan is on his jacket stitched right. on. And they fucking had to either reshoot or go back and edit it out and change the flag that's on his jacket because yeah. China refuses to um, acknowledge the sovereignty of Taiwan and they claim that Taiwan is actually a nation called Chinese Taipei. Right. So and just the fact that an American movie about the might of the American military. Yeah. It's I mean, Top Gun <laughs> is obviously it's a fun popcorn action movie. Yeah. But it also is like, you know, it's supposed to be like a like fuck yeah, this movie's all about American jets and the fucking navy and the air force, right, you know? Right. And here we are going, oh, you're right, China. We'll change the flag on Maverick's jacket. One of America's biggest film heroes, Maverick. We're going to change his jacket to make you happy, you know? Yeah, so it, it definitely begs the question, why? Like, why apologize to China whenever we don't have to or do we? Right. Or do we, right? So it's like, I mean, it, it begs the question, like, why are we doing this? Why are we... I mean, it, it depends how you define have to, right? Because, yeah. I mean... It's like, do you want to be greedy or not? If you, if what you care about is like dollar signs and being having your film being shown in one of the largest, arguably the largest market in the world. I mean, what they have one point five billion people. Right. It's like, well, yeah. Then you have to. Then you have to acquiesce to what they want because then you're going to lose out on millions or billions of dollars. And right. so it's like, but if your definition is, do we have to? Uh, if your definition of having to doesn't have anything to do with money or greed, then no, you don't have to, and they shouldn't. And it's really embarrassing and disappointing that we have two different, you know, definitions of having to. They would say they have to. I would say no, you absolutely don't have to. And how dare you, you know, bow down to them? 
John Cena yeah. accidentally said something about Taiwan and he right. had to come out and he apologized in Mandarin or Cantonese or, yeah. you know, he, he made some fucking cringy ass apology video yeah. saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect anyone. Freaking the NBA, man, Daryl Morey, when yeah. he was the GM of the Houston Rockets, yeah. made a comment about standing with the people of Hong Kong against the oppression of the Chinese government and the Chinese police. And the NBA made him apologize. LeBron James was calling for him to be fired. Yeah. And yeah, it was even crazy. more impactful that Daryl Morey did it while he was with the Rockets because the Rockets, ever since having Yao Ming, oh, yeah. have been the team with the largest amount of Chinese following. Oh, yeah. If you're not a sports fan in the early 2000s and maybe even the late 90s, I don't remember what his rookie year was, but the Rockets had Yao Ming, who was the biggest Chinese player to ever play. He was oh, yeah. amazing. He was an all-star. He was seven foot six. He was a mountain of a man but he inspired a huge amount of Chinese following in the NBA. And now basketball in the NBA is very, very huge in China. Big time. So losing the business of China for the NBA and for basketball mm -hmm. would mean a loss of hundreds of millions, maybe even billions of yeah. dollars. Yeah. So, and, so going to the, going back to the Olympics and like how this, how this all relates to the Olympics and what's been going on in recent years is so like what we have, like in the big picture of things is that we have this country who we know is oppressing people, who we know is actively engaged in American affairs and in other countries' affairs, obviously North Korea, which we can go into, and, and I'm sure many other countries. And so what we have here is this weird relationship with this country who's actively, you know, engaging in, I don't know what you want to call it, evil ways, right? Like, it, it seems very evil to Super me, like, evil. what they're doing, like, so... Um, like the Empire, like, right. ultra, ultra fucking evil, unbelievably <laughs> yeah, so, star level of evil. Hey, so, yeah. So, so, so being, so, whenever you're watching the Olympics, what is the feeling, being, being a fan of, 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 of sports, and then, and then knowing what's going on, like, as a, as a people, what, how do you think most people should be viewing or yeah. what do you think the news what do you think like at least the media should be saying or at least addressing while this is happening well as a, a really big team usa fan i really don't think our athletes should be should be over there i've been cheering for them i've been watching them uh, but i don't think they should be there so america tried to take somewhat of a stance on this by diplomatically boycotting which essentially means <clears throat> None of our political representatives went over there. Normally, during the opening ceremony, a lot of world leaders are there. And usually the vice president will go, or the first lady will go, or sometimes the president will go. Like in 2020, I think Melania, Trump's wife, went to Japan. No, 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 no. Wait, 2021, it was in the summer. I'm trying to think, Biden would have already been president. I think Jill went. I think Biden's wife went. You can see Lady Bird on the couch back there. <laughs> um, then in Pyeongchang in South Korea in 2018, I believe Mike Pence, the then vice president, was there. So normally some sort of political representation is there from America. This right. year we diplomatically boycotted, so we weren't there. Okay. NBC, the uh, broadcast company that has the rights to broadcasting the Olympics this time. So they, if you want coverage of the Olympics, it's through NBC. They did not send anyone 
to China. Wow. So all of the coverage you're seeing, it's video we're receiving from China, but all of the analysts and reporters are back in the studio and they're doing all their interviews over Zoom and stuff like that. There's mm -hmm. no reporters there from America. Mm. There are no commentators that are there in the building from America. So I guess that's good. But I really don't think our athletes should be there. I think to diplomatically boycott and to not send broadcasters and reporters and stuff like that, that's, that's fine and that's good. But it's like, that's the level we were willing to accept. We, we were still like, well, we want to compete and you know, we want to have a presence there. So it's like, it feels weird to turn a blind eye for one group, but to like still send the athletes. Right. You know, if you feel that strongly about it, we shouldn't be there anyway. And it wouldn't be the first time either. Uh, you know, America boycotted the Olympics when it was in Russia once during the Cold War. Mm. And so I don't think we should be there. Um, despite the fact that I'm still cheering them on, I think the media should be really open about why none. Of, I think they should talk about why none of their reporters are there. During the opening ceremony, I think they should have talked about why we didn't have our president there or our vice president mm -hmm. there. I think it should be widely known by everyone watching the Olympics. Here's why only the athletes are here. Yeah. And this is what our issue is with what China is doing. Mm -hmm. But instead, it's just like, oh, you know, it seems like, oh, maybe they're just doing it for COVID. Maybe that's why there's no reporters over there. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think it should be more apparent. I think the world needs to know because your average American, as sad as this is, your average American, I don't think has any fucking clue. Yeah. What's and it's not even their fault. It's the media's fault because the media doesn't want to sit there and openly criticize China and talk about it. Yep. For sometimes uh, for, Fox News will. And yeah. I, I really don't like Fox News because they're ultra biased. And I try to not really listen to any news platform that's ultra biased. Like I, I'm a liberal and I'm on the left side of things. I don't even really like listening to CNN. Dude, CNN's gone. So, CNN's going down the drain yeah, fast. CNN's man. really gone off the deep end. <laughs> they're going but anyway, down so fast. sometimes Fox News will yeah. will criticize China or Russia. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one thing I like about them. Well, hmm. yeah. But I that's my answer to the question. Yeah. The media should definitely be talking about why things are different at this Olympics. And I don't think our athletes should be there. Um, and I think the media needs to cover more about what's going on over there because Americans and the world have a right to know. Yeah. Like when I when I brought it up in the group chat and I was I was texting you and all of our friends about what do you guys think about the Olympics this year and what do you guys think about it being in China? Almost everyone was like, what do you mean? What, what's wrong with it being in China? Like, what, what is China doing that's bad? And I was like, what? How, you know, the fact that a lot of people don't know about the conflict that's happening over there with the Uyghurs, like, that's unacceptable, you know? Right. And it's all because the media is picking and choosing what to cover. Right. And and while we're on that topic of 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 China and and what's in the things that they're involved in, uh, like I said earlier, we have a group group chat, which I really strongly encourage for people. If you have a close knit group of friends or family members, like make a group chat and and talk about things that are interesting to you because you really start to to learn a lot about. I mean, even if it's just that little micro cosm cosm of of friends or family, whatever, um, you can still learn a lot about kind of what people are thinking, what, yeah. what the state of, 
of, of, of where we are as, as people just in general and just people's ideas. And you can really kind of pick your brains and it's best. And I think it is best to do with, with people, you know, because you can, you can dive onto more touchy subjects that you really wouldn't want to go into with, with other people, at least people you don't know. Cause you know, especially with politics or religion or anything like that, obviously there's, you know, a lot of people have really strongly strong opinions and they could lead to you know, arguments or whatever, but sure. with closer people, closer group of friends or family, you can kind of dive into a little bit more and, and kind of figure out what's going on. But um, in our group chat, we're, chat, we're talking about North Korea and, and, and how China has a lot of influence over what North Korea is doing and how they're even able to remain, you know, as a sustainable country or even do what they're doing is because China has a lot of influence o- over there. And, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of our friends didn't know what, know that at all they had no idea what was going on in north korea they didn't yeah. know, all that all they knew was yeah it's run by you know it's like a totalitarian government and it's it's kind of corrupt but that's about it they didn't really know any of the stories they hadn't heard of of uh what's her name yomi yonmi park i forgot to say her yeah, first yonmi name park. yonmi park yeah. and who was on joe rogan and a few other things told her story and then just even just just even some of the those just the smaller things that you would hope people would know because i didn't know either but like thank God for 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 alternative forms of media where I was able to to learn about these things and then and, and kind of dive dive a little bit deeper on. But you know, North Korea is just insane, man, and, and not many people know about it. And I was and I was thinking more about it, like why why don't people know about North Korea? That there's this place in the world where it's literally, I mean, the best way I can describe this is it's literally hell on earth. And 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 the fact that people don't know about this really blows my mind like the fact that i didn't know about it until like a couple years ago blows my mind um because it's it's, it seems like it should be something so essential it should be taught in schools right now it should be taught like as a mainstay like here's what's going on in our country here's probably one of the worst places on the planet to live and here's why here's why this is happening here's who's funding this here's you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and knowing that will, will give you a perspective of the world right now, because a lot of people think like, yeah, we know there's third world countries. Yeah, we know there's people suffering and so many people are still dying today of starvation and it's terrible. And there's a lot of places on the planet right now that, that are like that. But to know that there's a country that is actively, that is just basically a, a giant uh, labor slave camp. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically yeah. what it is. And uh, to know that is, is profound. Um and to know that China is actively helping them do this is, I mean, God, dude, it, I, you, you really can't even find the words to, to describe what's happening there, man. Yeah. And it's really sad. It really is. And what's so I- ironic about it is that North Korea literally lies just above another country that America is obsessed with right now. Yeah. You know, like K-pop is the biggest music in the world. Right. People are watching, people in America are watching Korean films, Korean oh, dramas. Yeah, like I was that last last year or the year before, Parasite won best picture at the Oscars. Like it was deemed in America to be the best movie of the year. Yeah. It was a Korean film from a Korean director. Yep. All the songs on the top of the charts are like BTS and all these different K-pop bands. Uh, America is infatuated with Korean culture yet literally steps away from where all this is happening is the greatest human disaster abomination of all time. It really is. No one talking about it. It's fucking nuts. And it's not even like it's the average person's fault. It's 
the world's fault for not shining a light on it. Yeah. Well, it it, but, it, it, it immediately makes me think of what, why, like why, why aren't people talking about it? And it, it, it raises that question and it makes me, and it really makes you think about what are the influences? Who are the people in power that, who controls the media? Who is controlling the narratives? Who is pushing what, what news should be talked about and what shouldn't be talked about? You know, these are the questions that I think are really important to ask, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really true. And I want to just cycle back to what you said earlier at the beginning of your point about how important it is to have a group chat with like your friends and people that, you know, I don't know how many of us are in there, but dude, all of us, all the people in this group chat that we have, and I bet this would be the same for anyone who opened up a little group chat with their peers. We all fall at different points on the political spectrum. We all have different opinions. Like you and me, we're similar on a lot, but we also disagree on a lot. Sure. But me and someone else in the group might be similar here and differ there. And so we have these discussions where people are coming at it from all sorts of you know different angles. And it's really good because I've learned a lot. I feel like I've taught people a lot. I've, I learned about issues I didn't know existed. I've taught people about issues that, that they didn't know existed. And so I feel like if everyone had a format like that to talk in, everyone would be a little bit more, you know, uh, knowledgeable about what's going on and also be able to form really good educated opinions. Yeah. So I, I just want to say like, <laughs> that's really good to have. It really the, is. The media and just the world needs to be held accountable for why the fuck they're not talking about what's happening over there. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you just ask yourself that question. Why? Yeah. Why? There has to be a reason yep. that, I mean, do you remember when Trump met with Kim Jong-un? Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. The president of America <laughs> went and shook hands. It was hands. so wild, man. It was so he wild. shook hands yeah. with the man that is running. Yeah. Greatest abomination in human history. Yeah, yeah, and 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 how was that perceived by the public? And he's shaking hands with him, and it was like this big thing on sixty minutes, and it was like covered during prime time. And he's sitting there cracking jokes. He's like, "Oh, make sure you get my good side. Yeah, make us look skinny. Oh, we're <laughs> we're gonna, you know, there there are good things in yeah. store for America and North Korea." <laughs> how fucking yeah, dude. yeah, dude. And and what's happening with with uh, with Russia right now? Um, with, with and and that's another whole side of how our media is portraying what's going on in Russia and how there might be a war with the uh, is it uh, Ukraine right? Um, man, that's a whole other wild topic that I don't we don't I don't want to go into because I know it's going to be a rabbit hole. But you know what? And here's another huge thing with with our country in America is why do we support certain regimes or governments and not others? Right? Why do we say okay these people are being oppressed here? Let's help them. But even though there's another people in this country who it could be like that situation's 10 times worse, but we're not worried about that. Let's help these people here. You know, there's another question. Why? And, you know, and we can go down that, 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 that hole too. But I think there's just a lot of, a lot of money involved, a lot of politics involved. And it's not really about what the media or our government says it's about. It's definitely something deeper and underlying. And usually you can follow the paper trail, follow the money. And you can usually yeah. find, you can get close to the answers. Um, but yeah, it's but just insane. It's so sad that that is what, that's what it's become. Yeah. Dude. It's, everything is about money trails and politics. Like, doesn't that feel so inhuman? Yeah. Like, no, doesn't it that is. feel so non, oh. so unnatural? So, oh, like, for sure. 
it's so weird. It's so fucking yeah. And no one is sitting at home wanting any of it. No one is sitting here wanting war with Russia. I was driving down the freeway the other day, and there's a portion of the freeway that has bridges that goes over it. And sometimes, like you know, when you see a freeway with a bridge over it, you'll see someone hanging a sign or like a flag or whatever. I was driving down the freeway and there were people out there with signs that said, please, no war with Russia, like peace. Like people were holding signs, like begging America, like, please do yeah. not go to war with Russia. Yeah. None of us want this. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just, like, we're all just sitting here living our lives and like <laughs> uh, going to work and whatever the fuck. And then there's just this whole world of like, oh, regime changes and money trails and politics. And it's like this no one is wanting the world to be run this way. Bro, so I'm reading uh, Hunger Games right now. I just started the second oh, book. Oh, nice. have, have you read them or watched the movies? Uh, I've watched all the movies. Okay. I think I read only the first book when I was in like high school. Okay. But I'm a fan. Okay. Big fan. Yeah, I I just read the first book. Um, I'm like halfway through the second book. And uh, I hadn't, I'd never seen the movies. I think I saw clips oh. of them. I saw like probably After you clips read the of books, them. Watch them. They're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, so I, so I, I watched. I watched the first movie after reading the first book and um, I just love new perspectives. And I read that I started reading that book cause I wanted just like a fun adventure book to read, but I also love like dystopian type of, you know, mm. of stuff like that. So I, I, I was fascinated with it and it's just an easy, quick read. So I just like kind of breezed through it. And it was really fun to read, but it gave, gave me a perspective, another perspective of how to view the world in a way, you know, because mm. it's so fascinating. Like, uh, and I'm glad we're talking about this because um, um gives me a, a chance to express this. But so obviously there's districts, right? And then you have mm. like the capital or the, the, the gamekeepers or kind of like the people who control all of the districts. And um, to me, it, to me, it seems like the way I'm kind of like interpreting it is like the, every district is like their own country. They all have mm. their own ways of living. They're all they have all like their main exports. One is coal, and mm. others food or whatever it is, Lumber, right? Or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and mm. so, um, and and so, what you have is like, like a great parallel metaphor for like kind of what's happening in, in our world and in in our in today, um, and like and we're talking about the Olympics, and so the Hunger Games is like this event where everyone gets together. I'm sure most people know the Hunger Games and mm. when I'm, what I'm referencing, but. Um, just to go real quick, like it's this event, they hold, they get, they get everyone together from every, I'm just going to say countries, right? Um, and they make them fight to the death until there's one winner. Um, but it's all controlled through the capital or through these, I'll just call them like maybe the 1% related to, to our world and kind of like the parallel. So it's like the 1% controlling the 99%, making them fight to death. And, and it's not, it doesn't have any real value on what's like, actually happening in the world but it's all portrayed through the media the me the media has a huge impact on how everyone's viewing what's happening in the games right? right so like you're trying to like it's all politics right so like katniss the main character is trying to figure out what's the best way to influence the media so that the people can like help her win or the sponsors can help her win right and so it's like right. it's really fascinating to see it like that because um it really seems like that's what's happening now we're talking about the olympics and how our media is portraying what's happening in the Olympics, right? Some people aren't going, some sponsors, some athletes are still going, so blah, blah, blah. It's like this whole political game. It doesn't really have to do anything with like, you know, like with like reality. It's kind of just like the show we're all putting on and, and uh, you know, so it's like fascinating to think about. Um, 
but uh you know it's just another perspective another lens to see the world through um like because so much of what we see on the news and media isn't actually reality right it's kind of like this filtered lens in which like it's portrayed to us right and so it gives us so like, especially is a perfect example is what's going on and with with ukraine and russia is like what we're hearing in the united states is maybe like a half truth of what's going on there they're probably giving us some facts and not others you know and um yeah. and and so it, it gives us a uh like i guess a distorted view of what's happening in reality and, a, and hunger games does a great job of like kind of portraying that right so like everyone's watching the hunger games they're seeing everyone kill each other but they don't know that like katniss is like faking this love relationship with the guy she's with but that's yeah. ultimately ultimately why she wins the game right but no one really knows that that you know what i mean so it's like that's kind of what it seems like what's happening in reality in like our life in and, and within all the countries, like the, everyone's kind of battling like, for who's top spot. I mean, China, China right now is like really coming up as one of the world leaders. And I, I think they're probably going to eclipse us and take us over as the number one dominant country in the world because right. of just their rapid growth and, and, and how they're, how they control so much of, of the, of, of the world's market and, and so much, I mean, it's insane. Like, what's going on there but it, it seems to be this game that we're playing like this this world game and another great example is game of thrones you know you can just look at that too and it's like yeah. there's these common themes that happen throughout history and these tropes that that really stay true no matter what time era you live in and uh you know just understanding that can really help you give a good just a different perspective on what's going on and and not to really just just look at what's what's on the news and just take it for truth or fact you know yeah 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 it's i really do love those dystopian movies um <clears throat> divergent is another good one the movies movies aren't that good like after after the second one they they go downhill pretty hard yeah <laughs> um but it is really cool how like life starts to imitate fiction eventually you know i mean obviously fiction is based on on truth but right it's it's just really but interesting it, yeah. to see how you can draw those parallels yeah. you know for sure um it's weird to think that like we're starting to live in a world that feels a little dystopian, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm sure so many people can say that throughout time in history, you know, where, mm. it, I mean, dystopian is a relatively new term and, and way of looking at the world, but it's still, you know, it still holds a lot of truth throughout, throughout history and time where, I mean, right now I'm, I'm uh, uh, listening to Dan Carlin's hardcore history podcast about, uh, it's a series called King of Kings about the uh, Achaemenid Persian Empire and how they took over half of the world nice. at that time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's 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 just one of those things that it just a lot of it sounds very similar to what's happening today, you know, other than the warfare and and the tactics and all that that goes into it. But, you know, yeah, it, it's just crazy to see that that even today with all the knowledge we have, all the wisdom we have, all of the, you know, you know, there's so much going on that you feel like we should be much more, I guess, capable of living in a world that can be in a, such a better place, a healthier place, sustainable place, whatever all of the, you know, the positives that come out of just learning and experience throughout history. But we kind of just see the same cycles, the, the cyclic patterns that happen throughout history, you know? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <sighs> it's a wild ride, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And hopefully, I, I don't know, man. I mean, we, we could come out of this. I know tensions are really high right now, <clears throat> but I mean, who knows, man? Maybe 20 years down the line, 
things have reversed and, and things feel better and you know we're more united i feel like as our generation becomes the generation that is you know more so in power where we're the people occupying political offices and things like that maybe things will change you know i don't i don't like to dwell on the negative so much i don't like to think about like oh you know we're slowly becoming more and more dystopian and world war three is about to kick off and you know, oh, we're being controlled by the media. I'm, I'm kind of trying to just dwell on the fact that like, hey, you know, maybe things will rebound. And as a new generation becomes the prevalent generation in terms of determining how the world works, I don't know, maybe things will get better. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about like a lot of the negative influences that media has, especially mainstream media. But so much of what I've learned has come through alternative alternative forms of media, a, yeah. you know, i.e. Joe Rogan and Russell Brand does a wonderful job. If, if if anyone listening hasn't followed Russell Brand or his podcast or his YouTube channel, he I mean, he touches on a lot of the current topics and, right. and, and he does a wonderful job of breaking it down in, in this alternative yeah. version, not not a version you're going to hear on CNN and Fox News. And, and who would have ever guessed from him, yeah. right? Who would have yeah. ever guessed 15 years ago or 10 Dude. years ago, yeah. I told you <laughs> Russell Brand was yeah, going man. to be... It's so insane. Yeah, But yeah, it, it feels like the big... And I, I don't like being one of those guys. It's like the mainstream media is evil, but it yeah. seems like they want you to be afraid sometimes. Oh, you know, it's like oh, for sure. The the fear mongering that I've been seeing lately is is really crazy. It feels so weird, and it feels like really blatant. I don't know why it doesn't feel more blatant to other people, but oh yeah, it's like yeah, maybe the world really isn't that bad, and it just feels really bad because you're being told that it's really bad by all of the you know, media outlets that are beaming yeah. shit into your head constantly. Right. So right. and, and it just he, feels like yeah. there's a lot of really blatant fear mongering. Well, here's, yeah. here's the biggest thing I've taken away from me getting my, my news and my sources from alternative news channels or whatever, is that you be careful on, on like, just look at it from this way. If, if someone's trying to tell you what to think, it's probably not the best source. Right. But mm. if, but if someone's saying, Here's they're just giving you the facts, Here's giving you the facts, information. Your own opinion. Now yeah. tell me what you think. Like Russell Brand at the end of every one of his videos, he says, "That's just what I think. Tell me what you think. Comment. Mm. You know, talk to people. Let's share these ideas and thoughts. Let's talk about it." Right? That seems like a much healthier way yeah. to come at any situation, no matter what it is, than to say, "Here's what you should think. Be scared of the Taliban or, or whatever. Here's Russia is evil. Blah blah blah. You know what I mean? They're just telling right. you what to think." telling you what to think, telling you what to do. Here's how you should act. And that Here's seems... what this politician's doing to ruin your life. Here's right. what this politician's right. doing yeah. to ruin your Trump's life. Trump's evil. You know what I mean? Like, is he evil? Biden's evil. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah is, and so it's like, but the, it, yeah. it, And that's why I think those mainstream news outlets are so dangerous. I really do think they're dangerous. I think they should be uh, put in the category of like rated R or whatever rating systems you want to put them yeah, under yeah. because, you know, Newer they discretion. have such a huge influence over what people think how they act, yeah. how they perceive the world, how they perceive other countries, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how many people you talk to that say, uh, like, oh, I would never go to that country, right? Because of this, yeah. this and that, right? And, like, I'll watch YouTube channels of people who travel to those countries, and they say, this is one of the best countries I've ever been to. They're talking to the local peoples or whatever. And it's like, it's like so, so much of what we hear isn't true. And that's what I was referring to er earlier is, mm -hmm. like, be careful of what you believe to be true and not true based on whatever you hear this shit from, you know? Yep. So, yeah.
And it's funny that like the other thing that the mainstream media does is tell you that if you get your news from other places, you're crazy. Yes. <laughs> you're crazy. What do you mean? You heard that where? Are you insane? Right. Do you know what kind of person listens to that news outlet? Right. Exactly. Why would you ever listen to that? Come back. Listen to yeah. us. Yeah. And here's the, the perfect example is the Joe Rogan. And um, I know we kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit because this was such a huge, big deal to a lot of people, um, you know, because of look, look who's telling you that it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, CNN recently posted the, those or put up videos and discolored the face and made it this distortion, like kind of messed up of, of him on his podcast, you know, and stuff like that. And what, yeah, that's probably <laughs> the craziest thing to me is that, you know, if you want to disagree with Joe Rogan and come after what he said, okay, that's one thing. And that's totally okay. But to take videos from his show, and discolor them and make them unsteady and to like try and make it look like he's some crackpot with some low budget basement internet show. <laughs> Are you that stupid and yeah. that like you're trying that hard? Yeah. That's what you're resorting to. You're trying who who do you think you're gonna fool? Maybe the people 40 and up. Yeah. Maybe. But all of the younger people and anyone who even listens passively to that show is going to believe that that's not doctored. His shit right. is filmed in like beautiful HD, some of the, probably the best like cameras, some of the, one of the best looking podcasts out there. Yeah, You really think anyone's gonna believe that that's what it really looks like. And then uh, when he posted that video about him getting COVID, I'm talking about Joe Rogan. Right. <laughs> he's like filming in his backyard or outside somewhere and he's like, hey guys, I got COVID, uh, here's what I'm doing, yada, yada. They doctored the fuck out of that video. They made him look all sickly. Yeah, they discolored dude. his face to make yeah. him look all pale. Yeah. That how sad. <laughs> how sad. Well, yeah. How yeah. stupid. I don't I don't agree with everything Joe Rogan does at all, but I definitely don't agree with everything that CNN does. And that just felt so grade school and so stupid and so beneath an organization as huge as CNN is a multi-billion dollar news corporation and, in my opinion, was previously one of the most trusted sources in news. And now I can't even take them seriously. Yeah. And, and that was so goofy. Yeah. That was so dumb. And if they're doing that, what else are they doing, right? What, if what they're doing something they like doing? that, what else are they influencing or changing yeah. or manipulating? They their and, hand. Yeah. Right. If they're so threatened by Joe Grogan, <laughs> yeah. they're going to discolor his videos and make them look shaky. Right. You're telling me that they're reporting everything accurately? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. If that's what they're doing just for Joe Rogan, what are they doing for Joe Biden? Mm -hmm. You know, or I mean, what, like, what are Trump. they, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I hate, I really can't stand Donald Trump, but like not even to be devil's advocate or anything, but like, what were they telling us about Donald Trump that wasn't true? No, exactly. You know, or like, exactly. what were they, I don't know, maybe nothing. I think Trump was pretty horrible. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's really crazy. And so I've been, I like to watch Fox news videos. Sometimes I, I claim that I'm hate watching them. <laughs> I really disagree with Fox news heavily, Sure. but I like to watch their videos sometimes just to see like what their take is on stuff. And yeah. I like to try and get my politics from both sides of the aisle. I like to see what one organization is talking about. And then I'll listen to something on the same story on the other organizations uh, feed and, Kind of just see where, like, where the world is at on both sides of the spectrum. So I watched some some Fox News stuff. 
But lately I've been watching some CNN stuff and I've just been like spending a lot of time on the CNN YouTube page. And um, it's a pretty wild world over there, man. They're like yeah. talking about vaccines for people that are under five, yeah. like children that are less than five years old. Right. They're like, if we're almost there, if we can just hang on a little bit longer and get these three and four and five year olds vaccinated, and I was just going back and looking at all these like times that they've been saying like, we're almost there if we just hang on a little bit longer. And it's just like, now you're saying that the key to stopping it is getting under five. That's that's the bracket we need to be making sure we're getting right now, under five. I think I looked at the numbers and in going all the way up to 18 year olds, the amount of people that die from COVID, if you look at the total COVID deaths, People under 18, I think, make up 0.01%. Or it's it's some... It's probably lower than that. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of 5 to 11. But like ages 5 to 11 deaths, the total share of COVID deaths that 5 through 11 took up was like 0.001. Yeah. So astronomically low. Yeah. And I just think it's funny that like you go to CNN all you're hearing is like, we have to get the children vaccinated now. This is the key to stopping it. And I'm, I'm pro-vaccine. I'm vaccinated. I'm glad I'm vaccinated. But when I see those videos on CNN, I'm just like, is this what we're doing right now? This is this is what we're doing? This is what we're talking about? You know? So, yeah, it's weird, man. It, it feels like both sides of the aisle are fucked. Yeah. CNN feels goofy and silly as fuck. I can't take CNN seriously. <laughs> and Fox News is a dumpster fire. So it's like <clears throat> both major sides of the aisle are just a trash can fire. Yeah. And then if you watch shit in the middle or if you watch stuff that is from an alternative non-mainstream source, then mainstream tells you that you're crazy. Right. And, and so I, like, yeah, I think what's important is to realize that these these companies, I mean, they're companies, they're businesses, right? They, there's a reason why they put headlines that catch your eye, right? They're trying to get viewers. They're trying, and I think that's why they're threatened by Joe Rogan because he probably has more listeners and viewers than they do at this mm -hmm. moment in time. And, uh, and and also you have to understand that these people are taking money from other people. I mean, they're bought. They they are bought, right? You have mm -hmm. they are being influenced by outside sources who are paying them to say what they want them to say. That's just the truth of it, right? Um, but, you know, I think what's really important is that uh, I, th I think Joe Rogan talks about this, too. But, you know, this goes back to, to George Orwell. And we talk about dystopian books in 1984. He has this phrase called wrong speech. Right. And, mm -hmm. and they say and, 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 I, and I, heard, I think I heard Joe Rogan talking about, like, what's the best way to correct wrong speech is with right speech. Right. Is, is with let's figure out what. Like, you know, be instead of doing what CNN was doing, like, if you have a problem with what he's saying, if you think he's spreading misinformation, you know what I mean? Then the best way to do that or to, or to, to solve that problem is not to make him out to look like some fool and discolor his face in his videos and, and talk shit about him and just discredit him because he's, uh, you know, a UFC commentator or whatever. Like, you know, we use all these phrases and terms, conspiracy theorist or whatever it is to just immediately discredit somebody. Instead yeah. of doing that, how about we just say, okay, what is it that you have a problem with what he's saying, and what's what's the right thing, right? What what do you really think about this topic? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the science. Let's talk about what's actually going on, and and bring in all of the all of the information we have on this, and figure out what's the what's the correct 
way to look at it. Not just discredit somebody and say, this is the right way. And this is the way you should look at it. That's it. Point blank period. Sorry. Everyone else is discredited. We, we have all the information. We are the correct source. You should be listening to us. You know, it's the, and it just seems like, it, it just seems like the, the, the moment we're living in is like this information warfare, right? It's like, who has the correct information? Who doesn't? And it's like, mm-hmm. it, it just seems, it does seem silly. And you mentioned like high schoolish. It does seem like these people are in these, these like high school wars of like calling each other names and shit. But, you know, I, I, I really love that. And going back to Joe Rogan is that he never tries to do that. He never calls anybody out. He never, you know, says, I mean, he'll call, call people out, but he won't do it in a way that's disrespectful. He still respects, you know, these people and, like he'll have like uh, who's that uh, Sanjay Gupta? What's his name? Yeah, Doctor Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay Gupta He's came the, on like, and head doctor at CNN. And you know, it's like he had an honest conversation with the guy. He wasn't calling him names. He wasn't, you know, like and you, this just seems so childish. But that's what our news sources have come to, you know. And it's just really sad to watch and see. So, you know, I've completely, I've completely stopped. I don't watch any of that. You know, I grew up in a household where my mom played Fox News all day long. Like I, mm-hmm. my mom was playing Fox News. Every morning I woke up when she's cooking dinner, when she's cooking breakfast, Fox News all day. Yeah. And, you know, I watched that my whole life growing up. Like, I wasn't really watching it, but it was always on. I was always listening. Mm-hmm. I was hearing the personalities, the O'Reilly factor and all this stuff. And, and you know, I saw all what that was at a young age. And I was like, at a young age, I was like, this seems weird. Like, right. you have this guy coming on and just, like, spreading all of his beliefs. And, you know, that's like an early, you know, it's like an early, those are like early forms of, like, podcasts. But... Because it was like personalities, right? They had these person, these people would come on and like right. share their thoughts, and it was just their thoughts, right? Like, yeah, they were on a, they were on a, a political side, and it was just their thoughts, their ideas, yeah. and you can see how easily that influences people. Whenever you're getting your source from just one thing, one station, so I love that you you still check up on what's going on on both sides and, yeah. and getting your news from different sources because. Dude, we live in this world right now where everything is, everyone is so biased to, to one side or another. Like, people are like, fuck the Republicans, fuck the Democrats, or whatever it is, or fuck this, yeah. fuck that. And it's just, and it just seems so black and white, and, and it's really not. There's so much color and gray space in between all of this. And it's important. I think it's just important to do your own research. And then people say, oh, I don't have time to research. I don't have time to get my, my news sources for, from, from other places. And I was like, well, my thought on that is then you shouldn't vote. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not an informed, informed yeah. citizen and informed po- if you don't know what's going on in world politics you don't know what's going on in just the whole scheme of things you don't know how the world runs or works and and you're getting you know what i mean you're just relying on one right. one person or one source to tell you what to think and what to do then you probably shouldn't be voting but i think yeah, that's- a lot of people don't even put the time in to be informed at all and then they yeah. <clears throat> they just go in there and check the box for whatever political party they align with and yeah. they're like yeah i must like that guy more yeah you know so Anyways, yeah, uh, we're, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're, I know we're going on a little long. We're at a, about an hour fifteen, so um, I think we can wrap this up if you want. And we're yeah. going on some rants here. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good place to wrap up. I just think I don't know. I just want to stress the importance of of getting your news from everywhere, and fuck anyone who tells you that like you're insane if you listen to one side or the other or both or somewhere in between or an alternative media source, it's like, all right, Fox news tells you that if you listen to CNN, you're insane. CNN tells you that if you listen to Fox news, you're insane. They both say sometimes that if you listen to alternative media or not, and it feels weird saying alternative media, non-mainstream media, then you're insane. Um, And it's just like, get your news 
from everywhere. I really think you should just be looking everywhere. Listen to a little bit over here. Listen to a little bit over there. And just try and formulate your own opinions. Don't vote if you're not informed. Like, please. I promise you, <laughs> it's better to fucking not vote. And, and, you know, it's better to not vote if you're not informed than to, you know, just go vote but with no basis of knowledge on why you're voting for like yeah, a lot the, of people were when it was Trump versus Biden, people were saying like, dude, it doesn't matter. Just go, just go vote for Biden. Just yeah. go. Like, it's okay. We just have to beat Trump. Yeah. You, that's don't what worry about, like, me. just go. We have to get everyone there to go vote. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I agree. It was important that we get Trump out. What a dangerous <laughs> thing to tell people. Yeah. Like it should, it should have been, dude, Educate yourself on why, yeah. instead of saying, dude, just fuck it, just go vote, just vote Biden, just go vote Biden. It should have been, dude, go read on why it you have to get Trump out of there. You know? Yeah. It was just like, oh, we need a boost. Or who our numbers, we're, or right? who you're put or who you are voting for, at least know something about yeah. them or what their stance are on certain topics. Yeah. And what is the history of that? You know, and dude, that goes so deep, but I mean yeah. shit. Even if you feel like biden is better than trump you should still be aware of who biden is before you cast your vote you know yeah, yeah every day i watch this man be president and i'm like is this what we're doing right now <laughs> this is this is our president this is what we got oh man um There's... hopefully in another couple of generations we'll have totally different candidates for president and well you know be better. the early some of the early democratic um uh countries like greece um uh they're the people who could vote in their country was like the elite, like the the people who were, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, you know, the top 10%, maybe mm -hmm. the people who probably owned land and, and had a, a, probably a lot of wealth um, and influence. Those were the only people that could vote. A lot of people think it was like all the people, but it really wasn't. And uh, I thought there was something really interesting about that. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, yeah, it kind of seems fucked up that a lot of people, other people couldn't vote, but a lot of the a lot of the other people probably weren't educated some of them probably couldn't read you know what i mean and so mm -hmm. it makes me think of like maybe that was a, a, a i'm sure it had a lot of i'm sure it was a lot of corruption which there was um oh, because yeah. those I mean, people were voting but you know um but i think there is something to those people I mean, were also probably the most informed they probably were the most like they knew what was going on inside they probably knew what the best thing yeah. was for the country or what was going on. And so I think today a lot of people should have to take a test to vote. I think you should at least, there should be like a minimum requirement, right? Of like, here's some of the topics, you know what I mean? Or, or something to that degree. Yeah, of like, I don't know, man. You it, know, that, that's like, hard because it's it is like, hard, but... clearly that's not, that, that can become a dangerous road to go down because could, in the past, America implemented like tests and stuff to try and keep black people from voting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. But then I also think it's also kind of if we did start testing people again, it's also a little racist to assume a black person couldn't pass a test. So it's like what would be the problem with doing a a small test? It's like yeah, I mean black people are extremely intelligent. We'd be able to you know, black people should be able to pass tests, no, no problem. So it's like, is it really that dangerous of a road to go down? I mean, what what questions would be on there? Should you yeah. be able to, should it just be multiple choice and you just have to, 
identify that you can grasp like political policies. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like the highest amount of people that can vote the the better. I want a lot of people. I want everyone's voice to be heard. Yeah. But I also don't want you to vote if you have no grasp on the world around you, you know? But mm-hmm. then it's like well, we have to start from square one and square one is we need to do better at educating people. Yeah. That's, that's where it really Oh starts. yeah. How about, okay. Yeah. I don't <clears throat> honestly know the answer, but I think this, this conversation should be had. Maybe, maybe before you vote, you have to watch a video or, or read sure. some article or book or like, something. But where does the, where does the exactly. test come from? Exactly. Does who's, from who's making that? Government? Right. And it's like, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, it, no, there's sure. almost no perfect yeah, solution. It, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know the answer, but. The, I think the it ultimate be, solution yeah. is people trying to get people the desire to learn more. Right. Because if you're low income, you should absolutely have just as much right to vote as someone who's oh, ultra wealthy. 100%. However, it's so much harder for a person that is low income or a single mother or, you know, whatever, to have the time to sit down and educate themselves. So it's like we need to implement a way to make it easy for people to understand politics and to understand what they're voting for. I don't know how. I don't know if it starts on like the middle school level and just start learning it as a kid or what. But people need to be I would be okay with a test eventually, I guess. But the main thing we have to do is help people that need help when it comes to educating themselves because oh, 100%. everyone's voice should be heard 100% people education of color, poor people women young people no i, th- I think i think you're exactly right bro i do think you ever feel like people that are like 95 though who like aren't going to be here you know like do they get to vote too the people they just get to vote <laughs> and then dip out you know no i'm just kidding well yeah cuz i'm but, sure um, i'm sure some of them really honestly believe that that you know they want to leave a better place for their kids or their grandkids yeah, and stuff know, like that. But I'm kind of just joking. But yeah, it is. But no, I think funny. you're you're exactly right. Is education is probably the number one solution. Yeah. People just and, have to be educated. And uh, yeah. you know, I always I always thought that our military is getting way too much of of way too much money compared to what our education system gets. I think it's just overwhelmingly ridiculous. Yeah, but now it's like you know, know that's a complex thing too, man. Yeah, it is, but. I agree. Like, I I think the fact that we spend more than second and third, we're number one on the list of countries of defense spending. We spend more than anyone in the world on defense. Yeah. We spend more than the second and third countries combined. And that feels crazy to me. But however, we built the military up so big now that now to maintain it, it costs that amount of money. Right. So it's like we can't really reduce the funds that much because then we can no longer maintain what we have. It's it's so crazy and it's yeah. such a complex issue, and don't don't get me wrong, man. I love living in a country with a strong military. I'm thankful that I have the American military that has my back. But if something does feel really wrong about spending that much on it, and it's like our fucking infrastructure is crumbling. We have bridges that are just collapsing, and yeah. kids are going to school with like beat up, fucked up textbooks, and the schools are all shitty on the inside, and it's like. I don't know. The money could probably be going to a better place. Well, Healthcare. Yeah. I mean, just just the important is I think what's just as important as the money is the quality of education they're getting, right? So it's mm-hmm. like our textbooks 
our at least our history textbooks and probably a few other subjects are I don't know how to say this <laughs> I mean corrupted at the core mm. like what what kids are learning in history I'm so passionate about history and um and I think our textbooks are like blatantly lying and mm-hmm. blatantly leaving out certain topics that could dramatically influence the perspective yeah. of our population and our, and our children. And, uh, Dude, and, I've seen yeah. it. I've seen, I've seen the way textbooks talk about things that happened to the Native Americans. And instead of saying um, Amer- uh, Native Americans were treated savagely and brutally forced to move on to reservations, it'll just paraphrase, paraphrase that down to the Native Americans were relocated to, right. or, you know, Native Americans decided to move to make more room for the, like, yeah. I've seen books say yeah. that. And and that or, comes, yeah, that, that comes down to understanding that our government sponsors and funds those textbooks. And I think what should happen is that we should have an expert, like, panel or board of like historians or professors or people who have no bias, no agenda. Mm-hmm. They just want to get the facts out and just and, and just make sure people are educated on these topics and know the truth of these histories. That way you don't have these textbooks like the, what you're saying in, the, in these mentions because we're literally, our government, and I'm sure many governments, are rewriting history. And, 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 and what happens, you know, whenever you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the line, whenever it's too late to change that. I mean, you've already, you already have a, a, a population who all learned the wrong shit, you know? And it's right. like, what do you do now? Like, and, and I forgot who said it, but like, um, I don't know, it was like, uh, Haile Selassie or some, someone emperor or philosopher, someone said like the, uh, um, a country's, um, people can be measured based on like their education or I forgot what that quote was, but it's a, it's a, it's a really telling quote of like, of how important education is and how important your kids, you know, schooling is because it's ultimately going to lead the path to where your country goes in the long run and what the views and philosophies and morals of that country is. And, yeah, and you can see how fast countries come and go man if you just look through history and and all the empires that come and go so fast man even within a 200 300 400 year span like i mean we're still such a new country but you know if if our education system is not up to par i don't see our country going very far like it you know especially right now where where we're at so yeah man education is is the is the foundation of of everything man and you know, I've been seeing the pushback that like critical race theory has gotten and how scared people seem of uh, the world of like teaching children exactly what the lasting implications of systemic racism is. And it's so crazy to think that like, there are literally people out here that want to see our children educated to believe that like, oh yeah, everything's fine. And like, oh yeah, America is so great. And it's always been great. And uh, America never achieved or America never got to where it is today without, or what I should say is like, they want kids to believe that America got to where it is today without stepping on the backs of anybody. And, oh, you know, racism and yada, 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 like none of that had crazy lasting impacts and systemic racism. What's that? It's fucking insane. Right. If America is going to continue to exist and if America wants to thrive and if America wants to still be here in 300 years or whatever, 
it has to start with the foundation of true, honest, quality, non-biased education. And the People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn should be mandatory reading in all history classes. Yeah. Mandatory. It really should, man. So I just didn't say that, but... (laughs) No, I think that's a good I think that's a good note to end on. It's like <laughs> history is so important. True history is so important. Really getting to the bottom of of what happened and its lasting impacts and and just the education of the American people. I I cannot stress to you enough how crucial it is, you know. Dude, have so. you re- have you read that book, A People's History of the United States? I haven't. I've actually really been meaning to get my hands on a a copy of it. Um there's a bookstore not far from here. Maybe I can go Dude, grab it. I know it's I'll, a pretty, yeah, pretty big book. I, I mean, know it's like, yeah, it's it's, but it it'll captivate you, dude, early on, and it's it's a pretty easy read. Like you can, I mean, it's not it's not like a heavy read. Like I mean, there's definitely parts in there that'll probably make you cry and and have some deep thoughts and contemplations of of of, of our history. But uh, I would love for for you to read that, and then we could do a, a a podcast about it and just talk about it and and everything that probably you're what you've took away from it and yeah. and that would be really fun i think i'd love to do that man yeah. all right maybe i'll uh currently reading welcome to the universe which is a good book uh by neil degrasse tyson oh yeah, and yeah. a few other people cool so maybe when i get through that i will pick up people's history uh because yeah i mean it sounds like i'm, I'm sitting here talking about the importance of like learning your history so i, I think i can double down on my uh, emphasis on that by reading that book so yeah sure. it's it's a fun book man so it's a really cool read so all right man it was good to come back and do this and it would be really nice to get back on a schedule of doing one of these every week so yeah um i would say barring any sort of crazy pop-up in our lives we'll be back again next week with another new episode maybe with a guest we'll figure it out uh but i definitely want to get back to doing these once a week so let's do it Stay tuned. We have more of these coming. Uh, Until next time, read a fucking book. Uh, Be careful where you get your information. And spend some time outside. Have fun with your friends today. I don't know. Have a good one. All right. Peace, y'all.